2: Hey Danny. Hey. Hey, welcome back to my bedroom where we record the podcast. Oh, it's very nice. Have you tidied up? Yeah, uh, yeah, put everything on my bed. All the, all the disgusting mess that's usually in my room is on my bed now. Oh, it looks great. It's pretty tidy, as long as you don't have to sleep. It's a very tidy room. Uh, how's it going? What have you been up to this week? I have been doing
0: some tweeting. It's, I don't know if you know about Twitter. It's a game changer.
2: I'm familiar with it, yes.
0: And I um, tweeted today, I was reading this interview where Robert Pattinson, who I've long admired... Uh, for many reasons in an interview said that Waterworld got a hostile reception upon its release the kevin costner 95
2: wasn't rap. it wasn't it counted
0: it got completely <laughs> uh and, and then the quote is like and it's one of the greatest films of all time so i um you know copied this bit of the interview and i was tweeting like Pats is the man he's the smartest best actor working in the world and i got tons of retweets from like 20 different Pat's fan accounts the Rob ses- the Rob Session, whatever you want to call it, has just not died. I mean the last toilet movie was what, like, five years ago? Yeah. They're still out in force. They're at still on like Twitter.
2: It. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this seems to be a good way to get numbers, the precious Twitter numbers, and raise our, our profile.
0: Maybe we should just make it exclusively about Robert Pattinson. I was
2: about to suggest a Rob R Patt's fan cast. Yeah. And that's what it, that's what this whole thing should be. Yeah, can we just completely rebrand? I don't think we should change any of the content to the podcast, but the the branding should certainly just be R-PATS fan, yeah. fan cast. Well,
0: R-PATS kind of scans the same way this film chat does. R-PATS, R-PATS, Yeah. <laughs> <R-Pats>, you know.
2: You <laughs> don't need to change them many of the jingles yeah, and stuff. You can,
0: like, sort of sort that off an afternoon, can't you? Yeah, I'll
2: just re-record the like, syllables where I say film chat as R-PATS in a sort of comical, different voice, uh, so it's really, like, obvious when I paste it in. And... Um, yeah, then we'll and be then good to go. go. Then we'll be good to go. Legions of new fans. We'll have a very large, kind of, horny teen girl fan base. Be great. <laughs> be great. What I've always wanted.
0: What's this Um, what's this podcast about, Sam?
2: Glad you asked, Danny. For first-time listeners, you might not have heard the podcast before, it's a saga of the year 3000. Um, not much has changed, except humans are enslaved by a race of evil dreadlocked aliens known as the Cyclos. One of the few free humans... A good boy called Sam Goodboy Foster leaves his tribe and is captured by the Cyclos' head of security, Danny Moran, who is stranded permanently at his remote Earth outpost due to an unexplained incident involving the senator's daughter. Danny appoints Sam to lead his illegal gold mining operation, prompting Sam to acquire comprehensive knowledge of human history extremely quickly using the Cyclos' rapid learning machine. I wonder if making this primitive young hunter-gatherer incredibly well-educated could backfire on his cruel alien captors. Who knows? That's uh, a question I'd be answering if this was a adaptation of Battlefield Earth. But it's really just a podcast in which we talk about and review films. I'm Sam Foster, and joining me, a man who was being trained to conquer galaxies while I was still learning to spell my name, <laughs> Danny Moran.
0: Hello. Hello, Sam. A few years ago, director Luke Besson made the film Lucy, an action thriller based on the premise of what would happen if Scalia Hansen could use 100% of her brain. But a far more interesting question would be what would happen if Luke Besson used 100% of his brain? The answer <laughs> might look a lot like Valyrian <laughs> and the City of a Thousand Planets. A visually stunning, totally bonkers, <laughs> knockabout space opera comedy about a bickering couple protecting a little hedgehog that shits sh- shells. Or, I don't know, we'll get into it later. Uh, We also will be wondering why James Cameron is only making four Avatar sequels when he obviously should be making double that. Hashtag, we want eight and we won't wait. And discuss the news that the Coen brothers are making their first TV project with a very coen sounding, The Ballad of Buster Skugs. All of which should leave me just enough time before my latest impression, Harrison Ford losing his family in a crowd at Disneyland, but then find them like a second later.
1: Where's my family? Oh, they're there.
2: Nailed it One take nailed it uh, I like that intro I liked that you uh, referenced a sort of pre-World War One famous headline it's That GTC history coming to life yeah. in podcast form The, the timely sort of news reference like, people are waiting for U-Boats or something? Or Dreadnoughts Dreadnoughts We, Dreadnoughts want a, we won't Can't wait. forget that great teaching you both got at the same great school we attended
0: History It's just like films but they happen isn't it?
2: Yes, that's a, that's how I describe it Films, films,
1: films, 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 lots of films, 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 movies, good films, bad films, fun films, sad films, films we love, weird films, Lars one, Trier films, old films, new films, some John Boo films, films that star Peter Finch, films by David Lynch, films, short films, six hours long, we've got films of to your gills with films, 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 movies. Are you feeling comfortable? Film chat has begun.
2: Danny, I believe we've discussed Michael Owen on the podcast before, have we not?
0: Well, he's hard not to
2: discuss. He's no. hard not, he's fascinating. Fucking, fucking ubiquitous and an interesting guy. He's got a lot of cultural impact. No, uh, but I, we referred to him before in the context of his, like, probably my favorite fact about Michael Owen is only, well, we thought he'd only seen eight films at the time. Yeah. A comically low number of films. It emerges he may have seen more than eight films.
0: But still, he's not hitting high numbers yet.
2: He's still only on 10. So he's he's cracked double digits on his film viewing, but he's still not seen that many. So he was interviewed by, I don't know, Shortlist magazine, was it? Yeah. And uh, they'd obviously cottoned on to this uh, fact about Michael Owen, and they asked him to review all of the films he's watched. <laughs> it turns out that he has half of the films that he's seen are Rocky films. This is, the, this is the direct quote. I haven't watched many films. I've seen all the Rockies, to be fair, so that's five. There's a sixth, is there? Didn't know that. Rocky Four is my favourite film. Didn't like Rocky One. It's rubbish. I watched <laughs> Creed the other day. So he's sort of seen yeah. six Rocky films. Yeah, I guess. so. I guess so. It was all right. My wife kept badgering me, so I watched it on a flight to Dubai. And I preferred a good documentary, to be honest. I like factual stuff. Well, those are films, aren't they? Doesn't that raise a question of how many? If he does, he not think documentaries are films? Do you
0: reckon he's like this insane, like documentary, like cinephile?
2: He's seen like, like, like total every
0: Herzog, every Errol Morris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Frederick Wiseman
2: movie. <laughs> he just hasn't seen anything like mainstream. He just doesn't think they're films. He doesn't realize that those are those are also That's brilliant. films. Brilliant. He doesn't like, the reason, the stated reason he doesn't enjoy movies is because, uh, the things in them are impossible and are not happening because they're being acted. He says, that's my problem with films, I just can't believe it. Just cannot believe it. I sit there thinking, I wonder how many takes that took, and is that a stunt, man? Big action fights are so far-fetched, I shake my head in disbelief. People shooting each other, rolling over with bullets just missing them, jumping (laughs) off trains... How can anyone believe that? <laughs> he's, got such, he's got a good point, though. He's
0: got such little imagination. <laughs> Jumping off incredible. a train?
2: I don't think so. <laughs> it would hurt. It's very dangerous to do maybe that.
0: Maybe he just needs to be shown some, like, you know, hardcore social realism or something. He has, he, watch, has he like, tried like, mumblecore? Or like, yeah, mumblecore? Very maybe. plausible.
2: They just sit around and, like, talk and not a lot of happens. He'd love, uh, you know, Andre Bujalski or whatever. Or uh... Has he tried coffee and cigarettes? Has they all play themselves. <laughs> Have you, have you watched Francis Heart? He'd love it. He'd fucking love it. If, if he, what he finds boring is what other people find exciting and therefore uh, what we find boring he'd find exciting. Yeah. So what's the most boring film? Like um, what's the most boring fictional film where the least happens?
0: Had, um, well like I don't know like a Tarkovsky movie, you know, they're great but they're a bit of an acquired taste. I mean not it's a very, you know, slow movie. Are they like or, or low a on... movie maybe? Like Santango, it's like seven hours long.
2: Is it low on incident though? It's got to I be low so. on incident.
0: I think it's low on incident.
2: Okay, maybe you should try that. For yeah. a, for his next flight to Dubai. <laughs> I don't know how long it takes. For his a...
0: next four years cinema, <laughs> seven hour <laughs> Bellator movie. Yeah. I'll definitely convert him. i have seen here that he um one of the few films he's seen is Heats. But like a broken clock, you know, he's right twice a day. His opinion on Heat is I've seen Heat wasn't great, which which I would agree with. I think that's quite an accurate appraisal of the merits of heat. I'm not a fan of that movie.
2: What do you think of Cool Runnings, though?
0: Cool Runnings is a great movie.
2: Well, Michael Owen does not agree with you. He's got a great anecdote about watching Cool Runnings. When we were 17, my wife and I properly got back together. So it's a nice little... What happened? What happened? (laughs) (laughs) There's a whole other story here. He had a sort of young romance, and then they broke up, and then got back together, and then they eventually got married. Brilliant. Unfortunately, things didn't start in the best way when they got properly back together. She said, come around and we'll watch a film. It was cool runnings. I went along with it to try and impress her. As soon as she pressed play, I was in hell, <laughs> having to pretend I liked it. I told her a few weeks later that films weren't my thing. Poor guy. Can you imagine? You Go around your... You've just got back together properly. And you go around and she's like, oh, let's watch a film together. You're like,
1: great. Oh, I'm so... I love you.
2: That's... Oh, I can't wait. And then it's this fucking utterly implausible film about uh, based on true events. Based on true <laughs> events, Absolutely, it would never Absolutely, happen. No, never no, happen no, in no, a million even years. know it did. About some <laughs> <laughs> about some Jamaicans forming a bobsled team, dodging bullets, jumping off trains. It rubbish. That film nonsense it would never fucking happen.
0: It's so it's so strange that you you run off an entire medium.
2: <laughs> you gotta say this is what impresses me so much about this is that. That he is an extraordinarily dull man By the hands of things And yet it is kind of great <laughs> it's we, We've had thing a great time him. The most interesting thing about him Is how boring he is Yeah So you've got to hand it to him like, That's not easy to pull off He's like the room of people Yeah So boring he's interesting That's I don't know if that's, that's not correspondence Well Chris told us about that <laughs> But you'd already seen it So you sent it to me But it's just in this section of the show now yeah, so We're just not? playing it loose Fast and loose Fast and loose baby Superhero films announced Casting rumours leaking out M. Chamberlain's film is hated Paul Thomas Anderson's is fated Meryl Streep's Oscar tipped Matt Damon's in a viral vid Michael Bay's made a mint That's the news that's fit to print Great news. This is gonna excite you, Danny. It's fun. It's brilliant. You'll be thrilled. James Cameron has been uh, talking up his Avatar movies. So Avatar came out in 2008, and was the uh, biggest, biggest gross- grossing film yeah. of all time. Everybody went to see it multiple times. It's got more more people went to see it than there are, like, the population of the Earth. And yet, it's been curiously slow to develop a sequel and also weirdly low on, like, cultural imprint. I feel like this else is something we might have mentioned oh, before.
0: Oh, I've got a good piffy uh, bit about this. Okay. I prepared it. Oh, good. Okay. Go for it. And, you know, it made all the money in the world. But its cultural footprint is zero, which I guess is fitting given the film's message of environmentalism.
2: Yes, good point. Yeah.
0: You see, like, like carbon leaves, footprint. It leaves no trace. It leaves no trace. It's very, it's very like, e. responsible. Yeah. E.
2: responsible, yeah. Um, that was worth it. No, that is a good bit. That's audio. a great bit. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you, you put the effort in. I just, like, turn off and chat, so one joke, chat rubbish.
0: I, I spent six hours crafting that, so...
2: Uh, so the whole project is really weird. I mean, we know he's already going to make four movies, and he's all making them all at the same time. The first one isn't even going to come out until 2020, so like 12 years—literally 12 years after the first film. Oh, I'm sort of hoping that it will uh, flop because I just think it would be great. <laughs> they've already—they've really already made three more films, and they have to come out. And like, yeah, I don't know. I would just be delighted. Um, be delighted. So he's talking to Empire about them, and he's revealing some tidbits about the stories. And he's just somehow managed to make it sound less appealing than it was before with the little bit of stuff that he's teasing out. So he says, The interesting conceit of the Avatar sequels is it's pretty much the same characters. There are new characters and a lot of new settings and creatures. So I'm taking characters you know and putting them in unfamiliar places and moving them on to this greater journey. But it's not a whole bunch of new characters every time. There's not a new villain every time, which is interesting. Same guy, same motherfucker through all four movies. He is so good and he just gets better. I know Stephen Lang is going to knock this out of the park. So, how well do you remember the villain?
0: He was a man he had scars, didn't he? Yeah,
2: he's got he a series scars. of scars on and his forehead. And he side. got into like a sort of uh, big
0: robot thing at the end to fight them. Uh-huh. And he had a big knife.
2: Yes. The robot has a huge knife.
0: Yeah, why is the robot have a big knife? Well,
2: I don't if it had a normal sized knife it would look ridiculous <laughs> in his giant robot hat. It's a good point. <laughs> it's got to be proportional to the size of of the thing yeah I
0: couldn't tell you the character's name
2: he's called Colonel Quaritch or Quaritch Quaritch. that's a classic sci-fi name Quaritch
0: use some Q's or X's or you know sci-fi letters I believe he's
2: called Lord (laughs) Kzigik. yeah three Ks.
0: Oh, God. It sounds fucking boring.
2: Well, he was a very, like, he's a very one-note character. He's just a sort of yelling, angry, he's like, It's Bum. hell out there,
1: boys. Like, you think you've You're not in Kansas. You remember Space Nom a few years ago. This is <laughs> even
2: worse. You know. I think, doesn't he even say something about Kansas? He does... Isn't there a Kansas yeah, pretty, line? I think yeah. there is, yeah.
1: Get your... You prepare to piss your frocks, girls. Or is... <laughs>
2: <laughs> whatever.
1: Yeah. Hope the IVF works out. You big blouses. You're going to be killed by a blue alien. Oh, God. But, like, well,
2: there's nowhere to go. It's You don't leave that movie being like, I can't wait for them to develop that fascinating character. He's angry and he hates aliens, and he will stop at nothing to destroy them. Um,
0: it's a really strange film, actually, because it's so, so much money and, you know, effort and, you know, people working around the clock rendering all those files... And then I remember the whole thing is like, it's going to take you to places you've never been before. It like, it's like a forest. <laughs> you know, you know why, why don't I just make something that can't be filmed? You know what I mean? Like my imagination stretches to a forest, but the rocks float.
2: I don't, um, in retrospect, I'm not quite sure what was so groundbreaking about it. Was it just like the quality of the mocap? It's
0: just the first out of the gate, I guess.
2: The first sort of mocap thing yeah, that yeah. was really like good. And then, you know, they've obviously done that loads of times since, so I guess, in retrospect. But yeah, Doesn't it's a very
0: impressive. rote kind of movie, you know, very functional stock characters.
2: Yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know. I mean, I like you have to give some credit to any film that has made more money than any other film. Like, it must be doing something right. Yeah, I guess so. so yeah, there's got to be a certain amount of universal appeal to its, like, I don't know. I mean, you can try to be lowest common denominator, but it's obviously not that easy to succeed sure, since yeah. those movies constantly come out and flop. So, fair play to it. But I'm fascinated to see how the, how the uh, upcoming film's going to land. I'm not sure if it's really that wise to have this utterly forgettable character be... Like it's not like he's not this iconic character. If if like Christopher Nolan was like, I'm making four more Batman films and the Joker's gonna be the villain in each one, people be like, Okay. Yeah, yeah. You could you know, maybe that would work out. But it's like he's an angry soldier. Get ready to see him year after year.
0: Well it seems to imply that he just thinks the first one was perfect. <laughs> yeah, he's and just it's, gonna this gonna, is brilliant. Don't worry, it's, gonna be, it. now, it's gonna be the same now, but it'll be there'll be
2: new settings and characters. Red, get ready to see Avatar underwater. Get ready to see Snow film Avatar.
0: Yeah. Avatar water, would you remember seeing anything it'd be the bluest film ever
2: yeah they've got to be in like a green ocean or something <laughs> yeah it'll be like it yeah. just looks like they're above ground it'll actually. be a yellow <laughs> ocean
0: or it'll be a different colour
2: <laughs> for contrast um, final little tidbit about Avatar Josh Brolin who uh, is currently uh, shooting Deadpool 2 and he's going to be in the Avengers movies and stuff he's got a bunch of big movies on the slate apparently James Cameron approached him about a role in one of the Avatar sequels and he turned it down he did this so in quite strong terms I'm quite amused by his reaction I guess he didn't <laughs> like the movie He says, if I don't want to do Avatar, I'm not going to do Avatar. James Cameron's fucking calling me this name and that name. Whatever. James Cameron came to me and said, hey, man, why'd you say that? I'd go because it happened. I don't really (laughs) know the context for this remark. There's obviously more going on there.
0: He's already playing a motion-captured purple guy. Can't play a motion-captured blue blue guy. guy. Come on. There's, you know, how many different hues... That like, you know, that part of the colour spectrum. <laughs> <In> one <laughs> man play.
2: Yeah, well, Zoe Saldana has played blue and green. And green, yeah. But not purple yet. <laughs> Maybe that's coming kind of up. Anyone's out there? So, I don't know exactly the nature of the beef between Cameron and Berlin, but...
0: Like, James Cameron's, like, famously, like, horrible to work with. On the set of Aliens, people with their t-shirts, made. It's like, you can't scare me, I work for James Cameron. Oh, wow. And, uh... I just like their days that sort of insane like Bond villain despot, like, <laughs> you have refused Cameron. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one refuses Cameron. You'll rule the day. You'll never be in Avatar Six. You'll be crawling to be in my sixth Avatar film.
0: Oh Cameron
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: TV and film have just become one morass of fiction and, you know, whatever stigma there was, yeah. TV is completely gone and lots of interesting uh, filmmakers are heading there, perhaps because of the creative freedom afforded them by all these massive uh, streaming platforms. And the Coen brothers are making their first foray into TV with their project, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs and Netflix, despite being 20 billion in debt, have found an extra few coins at the back of the sofa to, uh, to buy it after a bidding war. We don't know that much about it, apart from the fact that it's going to be a Western anthology and will feature six tales about the American frontier, told through the unique and incomparable voice of Joe and Ethan Cohen. And each chapter will feature a distinct story about the American West, and it will star Tim Blake Nelson in the lead role. He was in O oh Brother Where Art Thou, the one who was in George Clooney or John Turturro, that one. Yeah. And, and, um, and he was in Colossal. And he was in the, the, the incredible <laughs> film Colossal. <laughs> <laughs> in
2: an incredible role.
0: And uh, the Fantastic Four movie. So- <laughs> <laughs> he's had a great career.
2: <laughs> Love that guy. So he's probably very pleased to be getting this call. And he's in Co- Syriana. The <laughs> guy's in... fucking. We can both name several things he's been in. <laughs> um,
0: and joining him uh, will be James Franco, Stephen Root, Ralph Ennison, Zoe Kazan, and Tyne Daly. And the quote the Coen Brothers released about this was, We are streaming, motherfuckers!
2: Do you think... I was reading this and I wasn't sure, like... Is it, like, a description of themselves, or is it, like, an announcement? Are they, like, we are streaming motherfuckers, or is it, like, we're streaming motherfuckers?
0: All right, is it, like, them pointing the other motherfuckers, yeah, or like, everyone else is the motherfucker? We
2: are streaming motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the motherfucker?
0: I don't know, but, well, you know, that's the coins for you. Always playing with the form, they have no word to do, it, always wrong-putting you. Yeah,
2: if you'd asked them, they'd probably say they'd probably refuse to answer you.
0: But, yeah, it sounds great. I mean... I know they're not involved in it, but the Fargo TV show kind of proved that their sensibility translates really well to the small screen. Didn't they watched them and
2: were like, I want to be doing that. <laughs> I want to be doing the TV show. Aww.
0: and also just feels that, you know, there's so many different platforms, just like TV in general can accommodate a wider range of voices than it could before.
2: Yeah, absolutely. In- I, th- I think that it's, I mean, I'm kind of glad, like, even if this... Uh, model of content production turns out to be unviable the streaming service thing the fact that there's all of these different jostling companies in the market trying to be the cool thing that will attract people yeah and are just giving money to people like Bong Joon-ho to just make this movie that would never get made otherwise yeah well, like Coen Brothers it's like cool
1: yeah, and maybe
2: Netflix will file for bankruptcy next year but at least by that time this thing will exist yeah you know I hope hopefully they will get to make it I also I'm excited to see the Coen Brothers do things in like the short story format because the uh, the prelude to A Serious Man is so incredibly good.
0: Oh, that's true, yeah.
2: So, you know, I'm kind of, uh, kind of... They've already shown that they can do things that are that are shorter.
0: Yeah. It just feels like at the moment, because of stream platforms, like it's easier for a show to find its audience. So, like, before... I'm trying to think of a show that got cancelled before its time. like Something like Firefly, if that was out now, it would just be a hit, and it would find its audience. Well, it seems like,
2: well, yeah, word of mouth is so effective. Exactly, Whereas before,
0: you know, shows just have to have their ratings by episode four or just gets canned. Whereas now it's like, it's up and it'll, fun, you know, it's up forever and someone will find it. And
2: well, like, with streaming stuff, there's not even any clear way to tell whether it's, like, succeeded or not. That's the sort I don't of know thing what the metric of, uh... even is. I mean, like, because viewers don't translate directly into revenues. Yeah. They made, like,
0: Netflix made two seasons of Marco Polo. It cost like 40 million. No one watched it. But it's like, okay, it's, you know, it's there forever.
2: It's out <laughs> there. They're, they're probably thinking, like... You know, it's going to, it's going to still be there. People will be recommending it to their friends and more people will be signing up to Netflix to catch up on Marco Polo.
0: Yeah. It will eventually turn a profit because they don't have to, you know, it's not like they're rerunning it like a channel.
2: Yeah, exactly. I guess they have low yeah. running costs. It's just all the shits on the website.
0: Yeah. Eventually, you know, every time someone watches it, that's one more person.
2: That's, but there's no, they have to sign up for the, for Netflix. Twenty years is gonna pay off. The whole thing seems to be that they will have so much original content that you won't watch anything that's not produced by Netflix, basically, and you'll just cancel your television license. You won't need to do any of that other shit. Yeah, and just be Netflix originals, and just be like, I want to see the new that new series of the werewolf uh, high school uh, TV show that they made or whatever. Hemlock Grove. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait for more Hemlock Grove. It looks fucking great. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> sure, <laughs> whatever.
0: Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, you know the name, whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sam and danny both watched a film and they decided to record a few opinions on the things they saw you're gonna hear them in a moment or so there could be angry disagreements but their views are normally quite close let's join review shared between two podcast brothers do they let one another speak or do they interrupt each other the, line is on. the guys are in so let the chat begin we only have one review this week but it's such a colorful big film on such an enormous canvas that you know it's a good thing there's nothing else jostling for attention valyrian and the city of a thousand planets the ambitious sprawling sci-fi epic from luke besson based on a uh, 60s comic book called valyrian and lorelei that's the sound of me remembering it as i'm talking <laughs> And it's set in uh, space in the future. Humans and many other species live together um, on the uh, titular city, sort of floating in space in great harmony, sort of utopian vision. Uh, but they still need spies and secret agents getting up to missions. And those come in the form of Dane de Haan as Valerian and his partner, Lorelei, played by Cara Delevingne and they get wrapped up in some kind of intergalactic plot involving a uh, wiped-out uh, species of chilled desert uh, pearl people and some kind some of... Albino uh, Some albino <laughs> <laughs> uh, bold beach race, and then they have to spirit away a little hedgehog that creates a power, so it's just nonsense. <laughs> um anyway here's a clip of valerian and lorelei having a great bit of flirty banter in probably the strongest aspect of the of the film um as they're landing in their spacecraft in the beginning
1: whoa whoa, whoa. easy easy we're easy. late yeah well better late than dead you want to drive whoa put, put your hand back on the joystick well put your hands back on the joystick Orlin, will you please put your hand back on the joystick? Will you stop complaining about my driving? Yes, I'm sorry. You're a great driver. You're the best driver in the entire universe. Oh, thank
2: you. Ooh, the chemistry just fizzing. Incredible chemistry. So we saw this movie after it had already been established. You know, not done very well. The box office was bad. The critical reception was mixed, to say the least. Although Robbie Collin liked it a lot. Uh, so, you know, it kind of went in with low expectations. I kind of enjoyed it, got to say. Yeah. I mean, me I wouldn't describe it as good. That would be probably going a bit far.
0: Yeah, it's complete nonsense, but it's just got so much stuff. It throws everything at the screen in a kind of way, which is kind of pleasing. And it's very earnest. Yeah. And it's just out to entertain you. Yeah, yeah, And there's no, like, nastiness to it. Which yeah. I've, and it's got, a, as you say, it's got this quite a nice utopian vision of the future where everyone's just kind of working out, chilling. It feels like quite low stakes. It's all going to, like, work itself out.
2: <laughs> Seems like it's going to be fine. It's
0: going to be fine. None of the
2: actors seem to be putting in that much. Like, they're sort of doing just enough. They're doing very, like, sort of, like, children's TV show-type performances, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think
0: that's it. It's, like, it's kind of skewed to a younger audience.
2: I actually, I think if you animated it, no one would really bat an eyelid, you yeah. know? But yeah, like... I
0: think it probably does resemble the original comic book. Probably, comic yeah. Too. It's basically, the thing that was keeping me invested was just a sort of visual invention from scene to scene. I was not at all really aware or committed to the plot and the characters are very unengaging but <laughs> but there's like one scene that's just like they gotta go underwater to hunt a jellyfish to like look inside your brain to find some guy <laughs> and then the next scene there's like three little like but like uh, well, they, were,
2: they were like the guys from Men in Black a bit weren't they like yeah. the little aliens from Men in Black
0: and, you know, there was, like, an alien that looked like a cheesecake. It was all going on, you know, brilliant.
2: Oh, man, that was a great bit. There's also a cool sort of action sequence that take pla- takes place in two dimensions simultaneously. That yeah. was actually kind of, like, exciting and inventive. And it felt like a new thing that I hadn't seen before. It's a bit like the sort of cantina stuff from Star Wars, but, like, an every entire scene. film and, like, every single scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and, yeah, and I think I think the earnestness of it is is very refreshing. That it doesn't feel like... Uh, I mean, it's an incredibly expensive film. I mean, probably it's like a full blockbuster like budget on this movie, Uh, but it doesn't feel like some concoction designed to spawn a franchise or it's really is this passion project of this one guy. I have no idea how he convinced the studio to give him all this money to make the film.
0: Well, it's it's the most expensive independent film of all time. It's like a bunch of European investors. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it hasn't done well, so it doesn't matter. Biggest Kickstarter ever. Yeah, yeah. Something like that.
2: Yeah, oh, that's cool. I mean, because that's definitely how the movie feels, you know?
0: Yeah, no one's interfered with his vision.
2: No one's interfered with his vision at all. There's no, like... um, Yeah, and, like, the sort of interplay between the two leads, while utterly lame and incredibly retrograde in terms of, like, the gender politics of it, it's just, like, the dumbest shit ever. But the complete lack of, like, desire to seem clever is kind of nice in a way. Yeah. I mean... When you go to see a blockbuster, one of the things that you want to get out of it is the the ability to just disengage and let something wash over you. And it's just like pure entertainment, you know, and a lot of modern blockbusters because they come with so much fucking baggage in the form of like franchise needs and like uh, all that sort of weird corporate nostalgia sensibility and all this kind of shit. And it leaves you feeling a bit like grotty afterwards, or like the you know some companies try to con you into feeling an emotion they didn't earn, or that, you know that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. And this movie doesn't feel like that at all. It's very much like pure, unadulterated, harmless nonsense, basically. Yeah. So you know, I'm glad. I'm glad the film exists.
0: Yeah, it does. The leads are a problem, and it's partly in the writing, like. It's funny it's because it's, it's like it's, it's so obviously from the 60s you really feel the age of the source material well the fact the that he immediately wants
2: to marry her yeah, that's a weird that's the goal <laughs> is marriage immediately that feels very old fashioned
0: yeah and the way like he acts towards is kind of problematic it's really creepy and like very kind of pushy
2: very physically pushy yeah. as well yeah like really like he keeps flirting with her via kind of wrestling and yeah. I guess the only the only thing that makes it at all possible is the fact that he's this sort of weedy teen. He doesn't look like he could, you know, hurt a fly basically. Yeah. In terms of his physical stature. So he doesn't seem that threatening. But he does have like the sort of weird, kind of tired looking face of a of a sort of scheming villain, you know? <laughs>
0: Well, he was the Green Goblin in the Amazing Spider-Man movie. Exactly,
2: but that's what he looks like. <laughs> he, he he looks like he should be the head of an evil c- corporation. Yeah,
0: he's another one, Dane DeHaan. He reminds me a bit of Charlie Hunnam, and that seems like Hollywood has sort of bet on him to be like a leading <laughs>
2: man. He's actually got a similar kind of voice to Charlie <laughs> Hunnam as well. That sort of slacker, like weird slacker voice.
0: But uh, he just doesn't have. He just have. Just does, can't do it. He hasn't got the charisma to carry a movie. Yeah, there's not enough character on the page, and he hasn't got whatever you need to bring it. it needs somebody it reminded me a bit actually of like baby driver in that i think both those movies would have benefited from like whatever the one day equivalent of like a michael j fox type actor oh yeah that kind of every man ability. i know like john boyega or tom holland maybe maybe tom holland's like a
2: yeah tom holland's a good example yeah
0: um that kind of thing which has that kind of you know they're just, like, a dude you want to hang with. I yeah, want to yeah. hang out with Dane Dehan. No. <laughs> and, and also, uh, Cara
2: Delevingne's a similar... Th- I think yeah. she also looks a bit evil as well. I think they both got a bit of an <laughs> evil look to them. And they both played villains before.
0: Yeah. I mean, she kind of delivers every line identically.
2: Yeah, I like, don't... She's That's not a,
0: right, a woman can shoot a gun. She's not That's a good right, actress. a woman can drive a car.
2: <laughs> I don't think she's a very good actress, but, like, oh, the character is bad. So I wouldn't say that it's, like, the easiest role that she's been sort of lumped with.
0: Yeah. But I did enjoy some of... There's some, like, older what professional actors like Clive Owen and yeah, Ethan Hawke Clive Owen's up. really funny
2: oh yeah Ethan <laughs> Hawke yeah they're both they're both hilarious and they're though.
0: like I think they're just far more aware of the tone of the movie than the leads are yeah they're like this is nonsense and they just pitch their performances absolutely like that, and it, it kind of works and like Ethan Hawke like obviously some of his lines just made up he's like <laughs> he's just like he's just bantering with people off screen <laughs> yeah just... exactly <laughs> <laughs> I just when he turns up, it's all like jolt of life. This guy's having such a good time. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna like, you know, it's a party. No one's invited. This
2: was a half day run, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and his costume is literally just like Wild West with some fucking neon wires on it, so it looks a bit futury. You know, it's like, what if the buttons on his jacket lit up? Oh, it's in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, I found it hard to resist. Really, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just so unashamedly dumb. Yeah. I think you have to be quite mean-spirited not to get on board.
2: I think that that kind of like combination of slightly sort of problematic in a in, a, in an old-fashioned way and yet seemingly like harmless and kind of fun yeah. is somewhat summed up in Rihanna's character in the movie Is she Another
0: I don't know who Rihanna's agent is but <laughs> <laughs> because like
2: Brianna does a better job than Cara Delevingne, I think, of inhabiting and, you know, seeming committed to the world and the role. Absolutely. Even though her character is absolutely terrible, she's like this kind of shape-shifting, sexy, cavorting alien thing. And she's introduced via a a sequence where she does a kind of costume change act, which, by the way, like humans do. Yeah. Like, you don't need to be an alien. Like, the magicians do that. But it's like a kind of stripped is dance thing. Yeah. And then like the her well, all right, let's not I won't go into what happens with a character, but like the sort of the conclusion of her arc is bizarrely kind of like offhand and like sudden and just another one of these like what were they going for in this bit? How am I supposed to feel? But yeah, I don't know, I guess it depends on your tolerance for this for that type of like sort of old fashioned sexism. Yeah. I guess the kind which is just really, really obvious um but not very kind of committed just feels i don't know relatively yeah. harmless compared to something with something more insidious but you know who am i not for me to say
0: yeah i mean i would say to conclude that it's the kind of movie where i can imagine someone watching and just telling me how awful it is and like listing all the things that are stupid and it makes sense and i'd be like i know but you know i just went with it i feel like the trailer does a quite a good job of summing up the tone and like yeah feel of the movie so if you got a kick out of that you'll probably enjoy the movie yeah I mean, as long as
2: you don't as long as your expectations are not set too high go with low expectations
0: have a couple of beers
2: just imagine that it's a Saturday morning cartoon basically or some like yeah that's some it. like anime you know? yeah it's exactly that yeah my favourite film stars Bridget Bardot. she's the queen but she wants to be in radio so she starts a podcast with her friends and the terrorists try to stop her but she beats them in the end
0: one of the slightly embarrassing thing about being a bit critical of Dane DeHaan's performance in Valerian City of a Thousand Plants is that I'm actually a close personal friend of Dane. Big Dane uh, friend, huh? Big Dane friend. Uh, we met a few years ago when well, he was over here doing press for um, Life. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> <laughs> that Anton Culligan film with yeah. James Dean. That's a yeah, film yeah, he was yeah, in yeah, yeah. with Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I was hoping he was going to introduce me to r but uh, r was too busy not jerking off a dog. <laughs> um, so, uh, I thought I'd just give him a, give him a call and, sure. you know, ask him about the movie. I, I he's a bit weird around strangers, so but probably best if you just remain silent while I'm talking to him.
2: Sure. I'll keep it, I'll okay. keep a low profile. I'll just,
1: uh, dial, just dial, dial him, up. him
0: up. Hello, Dane, you there? Hey,
1: yeah, uh, it's Dane. Who is this?
0: It's uh, it's Danny. Remember we we met a while you were over here doing press for that film Life directed by Anton Corbijn.
1: Danny, oh my God, I remember you. You're that cool
0: dude. So I just saw um a Valerian and City of a Thousand Planets. Loved it. Loved it. For you were magnificent in it. I just want to know how you how you got the role.
1: Well, um, I was in Paris with my girlfriend, one of my girlfriends, my French one, um, because that she lives there. And we were walking along the boulevards, and I bumped into this old dude, like this really old man. And he just spotted me and took me into an alcove and thrust a script into my hands. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Get it out of my hands. I'm with my girlfriend. And then he left.
0: A story. I was wondering. Um, one of the best things in the movie is the chemistry you have of Cara Delevingne. I wondered what it was like. Do you guys hang out much outside of set? How do you get
1: that rapport back and forth? You know, hung out all the time. Love Cara. She's a great girl. Um, she's one of my girlfriends too now. Um, yeah. Well, we do a lot of yoga together. I take her to, to my yoga class. It's uh, wet, hot, naked yoga. It's like Bikram. Uh, but it's more erotic. Wow, okay. But there's no touching allowed.
0: Blimey, okay. That must sounds uh, sounds pretty steamy. Um, I was wondering, um, what was your favourite line from the movie? Did you have a piece of dialogue that really, you know, um, stuck
1: with you? Yeah, my favourite line from the movie was actually cut, which really sucks. Um, but it's basically, it's been in the film. In the original uh, cut of the film, I go to the bathroom, because I really need a shit. And right afterwards I'm feeling great and I look in the mirror and I say, I love being a secret agent. That's all I say. I loved it. I I thought it really really expressed uh the essence of my character.
0: Cool. Yeah, that's that's a shame they come at. Us. That does sound like a great line. And um, what are you what are you up to next? What's your next project? You filming at the moment at all?
1: Um, well, we were gonna make Valerian and the City of One Thousand and One Planets, but the movie didn't do well enough. So that, that's that been canned. We're making an autobiographical film about my own life. It's called Great Dane.
0: Like, like a dog?
1: Yeah, but it's like a play on words, dude. I'm like, you know, just a Great Dane. I've got a dog in the film. A lot of my friends are Danish. And they're also great guys. We're considering calling it Great Danes. Cool. Brilliant. That's that's all. That's all I can tell you right now. I'm, I'm I've signed an NDA, so I can't really go into details. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Well, I understand that.
1: All right. Listen, dude. I gotta go. Okay. I'm. I uh, got six chicks to bang tonight, and I got a lot of uh, Mexican food I'm gonna make for them. They're all coming around. Uh. Uh. And the one who eats the nicest test gets to stay the night. Uh. But uh, it was great speaking to you, Danny. Let me know if you need a hand. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh. Don't call me again. Bye.
0: Well, uh, that's, that's, that's dang for you. Quite a character. Interesting,
2: man. staying Lovely. silent the whole time there. No worries. It was quite easy.
0: Um, thanks so much for listening. Join us next week. We'll be reviewing, I quite want to see a ghost story. It's a David Lowry movie. It's getting lots of rage. reviews. What's it called? A ghost story.
2: Oh yeah. Oh sorry. I was a little, that was a little gag. Because you're like, I quite want to see a ghost story. Oh. No. Sorry. Never mind. Um.
0: Also, porn sacrifices out. Do you want to watch that? <laughs> Can't wait to see Porn Sacrifice. With Toby Tobey Maguire playing Bobby Fischer. Yeah. The most dynamic of Did cinema. you see that, the, the LFF? No, but it's coming out. It's been out in the States for ages, but it's getting a day and day release on Amazon. So everyone can watch on Amazon um, on Friday. Fantastic. Tomorrow, if you're listening to it now, which you won't be. <laughs> unless, unless you're me. A few days ago, we're listening to it when it's released, which will be Sunday, probably. Yeah.
2: Okay. And then join us then. Join us then. Have a good week, and speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.
1: Look, I thought I thought that Alien Covenant was a, a, a great ride. Uh, it was beautiful. Um, I love Ridley's films. I love his filmmaking. I love the I love the beauty of the photography. Uh, I love the visceral sense that you're there, that you're present. Um, it's not a film that I would have made. I don't. You know. I hope I'm not spoiling this for anybody, but I don't like films where you invest in a character and then they they get sort of you know destroyed at the end. So it's not, I would not have made that film. I can't comment on where Ridley's going with it, uh, but I think he's obviously trying to create a greater universe uh, around it and more backstory with the engineers and so on. I'll show up to the next one. Absolutely.